Hi, Julie. Hey, Lisa. So we are, we are recording from our separate homes many, many miles apart because unfortunately, as much as we love to see each other and be together, we are not doing that right now. Right? We are not. Um, how are you doing, Lisa? I, I, I've got to tell you, I am right now, for this moment, <laughs> in this moment, appreciating this time. I have to say that um, every time I've been outside, I've seen many people outside from a distance. Everyone's keeping their distance, but I've seen people outside. Everyone is smiling and waving and saying hello and being kind. Um, I feel like it's given me, even though my children are home and my kids are, we're fortunate that our school has set up distance learning. And so they actually have a rough schedule every day of when they have to be online and, and homework and classes and lessons. Um, so we're all here. And I, um, I also think this has partly to do the fact that my children are old enough to be pretty self-sufficient, but it's, it's actually nice to all be together uh, and slow down. So right now, I'm trying to look at the silver linings, like more people outside, slowing down, getting to catch up with my family, getting caught up on some projects and things that I don't usually have time for because we're running around so busy, uh, getting my work done in a much more um, cohesive fashion. Usually my work that I do, it's like I get an hour done here and then I have to run out and do something. And I get an hour done here and then I have to pick up a kid from somewhere. And then an hour done here and I, and I end up staying up till midnight trying to get work done because I didn't get it done during the day. And now, um, now I'm just being able to sit down and get work done, focus on things. So right now I am appreciating it. Although I think part of that's also uh, trying not to focus on the scarier aspects of this and, and really how much this is changing our world and our lives and, and the, the, the risk that, that is out there right now for, for people. Uh, so that, that's, that's how I'm choosing to cope. What about you? I'll admit I'm, I'm kind of hanging by a thread. This is probably for me, one of the hardest things because I'm an extrovert. I'm a type A. I'm a planner. You're a germaphobe. I'm a germaphobe. <laughs> Poor Julie. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not a homeschooler. But in spite of that, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm, I'm really appreciative of the things you're pointing out because I am spending a lot of time outside and I, I am getting a lot of joy from seeing so many of my neighbors outside. Um, however, I'm not getting a lot of joy out of seeing groups of teens in my neighborhood hanging out. It's dissipated a bit, but um, I have become, I already am, my kids call me a Karen. You know, like a Karen yeah. is that meme where somebody complains at the, the store. Manager. Let me talk to your manager. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. known in my neighborhood as the person talking to the manager when like, the Jewish holiday display at my local Safeway isn't up front. I, I am that person that will go to the manager and say, I think it's important that it be in the front. That's a whole other podcast. I don't want to get into it here because I'm afraid we'll lose listeners. But I'm a Karen when it comes to um, writing or wrong. I've always been that way. So I, I found myself just throughout my runs over the past couple of days when I see groups of kids, I've, I've actually said some things, please, you know, please stand six feet apart. Please don't do this. Um, are they listening just, to you? I think, I don't know if they are when I leave the group, but I think they're, they're the looks on their faces are shocked when this runner comes up. And, and I think it's, it's just because we have a responsibility to each other right now. And everything that I do and everything that I 
tell my children to do impacts someone I don't know. And I saw something someone said recently, and I am sharing this over and over with my kids who get it, that we have an opportunity to to save people in a, one, in a small way. When in your life do you ever have an opportunity to save other lives? And we actually do, and it's, it's our duty. And I just, there's nothing more important than making sure that we are all doing everything we can to save lives. So yeah. I, I think um, I'm balancing what you're saying with trying to enjoy those small moments with my family because I, I'm trying not to look at this as a negative thing at all with respect to spending time with my family and having this downtime. But I'm also very upset when I see other people doing things that aren't in line with what we need to do to flatten the curve. And I need to get a grip because I can't control what everyone's doing. I can only control what I'm doing, but man, I, I get fired up about it. So that's where I am. Well, I think it's frustrating too, because like you said, we are trying to do everything that we can and we're taking it seriously. And a lot of people, it doesn't sink in or they haven't, uh, you know, I was listening to something the other day that said it won't sink in until we know somebody that's gotten ill and God forbid some, you know, very gravely ill from this and it won't sink in until then it has to sink in before. And I know that, um, and if you listen to the daily podcast, oh, yeah. uh, governor Cuomo was on earlier this week and mm -hmm. said, it's, you know, it's, this isn't about now money or finances or the, the economy. It, it's about, it's about saving lives. And making yeah. sure we, we live through this, and and that really, I I think hits home, and and I see it too. Uh, you know, I've seen big groups of people out playing basketball, and they're outside, but then they're all sharing the same basketball, and uh, we there are uh, there are guidelines in place that are there for a reason, and I I, I fear, you know, you look at Italy, uh, you look at Spain, you look at other countries that are really only a couple weeks behind us, and I fear that that's the direction that we're heading. So I, I totally get that, understand, um, and glad that you're doing your part in the small, you know, even if you're not hitting everybody, you're, you're, you're getting, you've got King Farm covered, so. I do, I mean, my kids just, they, they're not gonna be able to take me much longer. I'm really trying to restrain myself, Lisa, but it's hard. <laughs> but I will yeah. tell you, to your point, you just mentioned um, what other restrictions what other countries have um, imposed in terms of restrictions. And just today, um, it's been reported that in France, they're not allowing people to run more than two, two kilometers from oh. their house. Oh, all right, so loops, loops. This is, so this is one thing we've talked about a lot is that we can always, and we've been really happy about, and it's brought us comfort, is that we can always get outside and get in a run. And that is, uh, you know, I actually read that in Spain and in Italy, uh, cycling has now been uh, determined off limits. And, and I've been going out with just one of my kids at a time and, and, and cycling is there, you know, on a cycling team and they want to get out and still get in their workout. So we've been, we've been doing that. And I saw that today and, but the, the rationale made a good sense to me. And it's something that went through my mind when we've been going out is God forbid something happens and you get in an accident and you have to go to the hospital and that's taking up valuable resources that are need to be uh, focused now on people who are sick with, with um, coronavirus, so that 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 makes sense to me. Uh, but yeah, we keep saying that at least we can still get out and run by ourselves, even if it's just by ourselves. We can still that's been our our sanity. So uh, I've always thought that we'd be able to hold on to that. But uh, you know, who knows? 
Well, if, if it's any consolation, the man who's leading this, we mentioned him last week, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he is a runner. He runs three miles a day. And um, you know, he's definitely mentioned a few times that it's okay to, to get out there and exercise. And fresh air is, is, is actually in sunshine. Is, there's, no, there's no better thing we can do for ourselves right now than to get out, get our bodies moving, um, get fresh air, get some sunshine, and get outside every day. And, um, you know, builds our immunity, it, it builds our moods, and it helps our kids. And I just can't think of anything better we can do with our time right now than that. So, I agree. A lot end, those, oh, I was, go, ahead. Go, ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, to that end, you know, we, since we last spoke on the podcast, um, you know, our gyms in Maryland have been closed down, which I am fully on board. And as somebody, oh, yeah. a fitness for, for professional who, who teaches cycling classes and is in gyms and relies on those classes for a part of my income, as much as I didn't want that happening, it, it needed to happen. And I know you and I had a discussion before they were even closed on, uh, you know, Sunday night we talked and I, I was very conflicted about even going into, I couldn't believe that we were still having classes. And uh, so our gyms are now, gym working out in a gym is not an option. So we have a lot of runners who are now also struggling a little bit to figure out what, what do they do for cross training? You know, a, lot of, a lot of our runners relied on taking a cycling class or going and using an elliptical or playing or swimming in a, in a swimming pool at, at a gym for their cross training. So a lot are struggling with what to do for cross training. So what, you know, what, what are your thoughts? I, I mentioned, you know, we've been going outside to ride a bike, but if you don't have a bike, what are, what are your thoughts on, on, on cross training that we can do? So we're not running every day and we're still getting in some, some cross training. Two things. First of all, just, just for clarification, when we say cross training, we don't mean strength training That's separate. Okay. And we'll get to that in a second. Cross training is, um, any, type of um, low impact cardio that is a, a corollary to running. So like you mentioned, ordinarily swimming, elliptical, rowing, cycling, those are all forms of cross training. And those are all hard to do right now. So my suggestion would be if you wanna not run on a day and do something else, a, a brisk walk is a great thing. And like hiking. hiking, hiking is wonderful. Um, another thing you can do and get your heart rate up great is, is just pull a, a workout off of, a, there's so many workouts. Many of them are free all over the place. There's tons of content, um, which include a lot of sort of cardio focused workouts that you can do in your home or on your driveway or outside, wherever you are. Um, and, and those include a lot of things that get your heart, heart rate up, but are not running, um, that incorporate fast movements. So, um, doing burpees. I mean, my gosh, if you do a few sets of burpees, that's, a, that's a great heart, you know, getting your heart rate up a great form of exercise, full body. Um, it's, it's definitely a form of cardio. Jump rope is another great thing you can do. Um, just be careful. I'd, I'd want people to be careful with jump rope, not too much jump rope. We don't want, no, no, just, we don't want, you know, incorporating like you could do that in the same workout you know what I mean right. not a half hour jump rope but like you I have to say I've, I've laughed I've seen some you know we've been watching a lot of videos come up online on on social media suggesting cross training different different aerobic activities mm -hmm. and out of the vault have come step aerobics videos and uh 
uh, I was just talking to one of our runners who was saying that her, her friends were all saying it's time to go back to the Jane Fonda workouts. So there are other, there are well, some fun dancing, dance. Look, we, we pulled dancing. out the Just Dance, the Just Dance uh, video game the other day and we were, we were doing that and I was sweating up a storm by the end, so. And, and to your point, it's, it's really about movement. So if we can kind of get away a little bit from thinking of every type of exercise we do as, as sort of, you know, a purposeful, I need a 30 to 60 minute cardio workout that substitutes for running, but instead think, what did I do to move my body today? I mean, if, if, if you're out walking a lot more than you usually are walking, or as you said, hiking, or if you're Gardening, running around, go out, do yard work, fix up yard your yard. Work, exactly. Yeah. That's all movement. Your, your, your body is still getting the same benefits. Um, you can also do spursive movement. So again, back to the burpees thing. If you're someone that, you know, you can't get out for a run, it's pouring rain. You can't get out that day. You don't want to because it's a cross training day. You're in your house, you know, just do, you know, 10 sets of five burpees or something like that and spread them out throughout the day and then throw in some go up and down your stairs. There's a lot of stuff that you can do, and there's a lot of good content out there. And um, some of the recommendations for content in terms of cross-training um, that that I personally have used that I really like is um, I really like the Peloton app. Um, ton of great workouts on there. You don't need a bike. It's it's content-based app, and it's all free for the next three months. And there's a lot of good workouts on there. And um, also, a lot of people really love the Beachbody workouts right now those are that content is also free um i believe it's a two-week trial that too has a lot of good um cross training there are strength training workouts within that but there's also some cross training and if you're a member um, of a if you're a member of a mm -hmm. gym most gyms right now or fitness clubs um lifetime golds all of them i think have also on their apps and their websites for their at least for their members some are open uh they've put their content their instructors have gone online as well so another option Back walking to your dog walking your dog there's walking another your dog yeah <laughs> So I think also the other thing is with respect to getting your runs in, and, and we'll talk more about this in a minute because we'll talk about scheduling and all that, but right now we're, we're, in, we're all getting used to this new abnormal, and I think do what you can. Be, be nice to yourself. Um, don't stress your body more than you need to. Any kind of moderate exercise, getting outside is a great thing for your body and your immune system. Um, it's okay if, if right now you just can't quite figure it all out. We just don't want to see people running themselves into the ground where because they feel like they don't have that cross-training option available because their gym closed, instead they're running every day because we don't want to see anyone get injured because they're suddenly putting more mileage on their body than ever by virtue of their option um, not being available. So just be careful and, and, and make sure that you put yourself in a, a great position to get to stay fit and feel good, but not overtrain or get injured as a result. Right. You want to be healthy for the, when we do have a, a race season coming up, or even if you're not planning a race, you want to be able to progress safely. And we put up a couple of, somebody yeah. doesn't have a, have a coach or a schedule already and wants to start running or wants to pick up running again. We put up a couple of schedules this week that'll, that are progressive and that do space out your runs or self-space because we list them by days, but they make sure that the progression is gradual. 
That's right. So those schedules can be found on our Facebook page. Um, you can actually just save it. They're photos that you can save to your smartphone. Um, and so one is a beginner 5K schedule, a traditional walk, run, couch to 5K type schedule that we developed. And the other schedule is for a 10K. So it's more for people who are running a couple of miles, you know, maybe three, three, two, three miles um, a few times a week, but want to build to that 10K distance, the schedule does that. So we wanted to provide that for everyone. And in addition to some that, that free content from us for anyone who wants to run, we wanted to provide some strength training options. So we were thinking about this and thinking, well, how can we provide strength training and with all this content, there's so many people putting out content right now, which is so wonderful, but how can we do that? And so we started thinking about all of our friends who like us are small business owners who's, we don't have a, a business to close because we do everything virtually. We don't have a place of business, but- We were virtual our, before it was cool to be virtual. <laughs> right, but like many of our, our fitness friends have, you know, obviously they have boxes, they have gyms, they have places that they teach. So we want to be able to highlight what they're doing because they're putting their content online right now. And they're all great people with great content. So if you head over to our Facebook page every, and Instagram every other day, we're going to feature a trainer who we know and love and what they're doing and a, and a workout from them for runners that anyone can do from home. So you can save all these workouts and do them repeatedly or you know, just each every other day, stop by and see what we have. And we talk about who each trainer is. So our first trainer that we put up is our friend, Angel Cabrera, who's a Lululemon ambassador with us. And he owns CrossFit Hard Shells in Gaithersburg and he put up a great workout. And then today, um, later on, we're gonna put up a workout provided by Eric and Christy Giroux, who own Prime Fitness, who have been on this podcast, and they're going to, um, they developed a terrific uh, strength training for runners workout that you can do from home as well. And we will continue doing that as long as we can, because we really want to support other trainers in our area, and, and we just want to do what we can to help everyone during this time. Yeah. So we appreciate them doing that for us. Yeah. So um, let's talk about training and what that is supposed to look like right now, Lisa, before we introduce our, our guest this week. Yeah, we have, and, and we have a lot of runners who, yeah. um, it's different for everybody. We've had runners who want to continue their training the way it, it was and then do kind of their own run maybe at the end. Uh, we have runners who have decided to pull back from their goal, their goal distance and focus on some speed and some strength and shorter distances. And uh, they've really, those runners have really seemed to enjoy having the purpose of a structured workout. Uh, the feedback we've gotten from a lot of our runners is without the schedule, without the workouts, I'm just going to go do the same four mile, five mile, six mile loop every day without really a purpose. So for a lot of them, what we've heard is that having that workout and going and accomplishing that workout gives them that sense of accomplishment and structure to start their day or end their day whenever they get in their workout. So we've had runners that do that. Uh, we've had runners who've just decided my goal race didn't happen. I'm going to go into recovery mode now. I just want to do some low key mileage and low key running and just kind of go into maintenance mode. So we've got all sorts of different, different for us as coaches, what we really look at is what is going to make you feel 
like you're accomplishing something, like you have a purpose. And then from there, we kind of decide now what's going to keep you healthy and what's going to keep you set up for success for the fall season when we hopefully get back to racing. And we balance all of that out and try to make sure that people still have direction and still feel that sense of purpose and and have a structure to their to their workouts, whatever whether their goal is still running that distance or dialing back the distance or going into recovery. Yeah, I think um, what's what's really nice for for us, and this is I don't want to bring it back to us, but I just want to share this is that being able to work with people who want structure actually gives and purpose actually gives us as coaches purpose too. So it's it's a it's a Mutual Very relationship. Nice. Mutual Mutually relationship. Beneficial, yes. It makes us feel like we're doing something that's helping people cope with what's going on. And they, in turn, feel like they have that structure and uh, accountability, which is a lot for is something something a lot of our runners mention, that accountability, having that. And uh, yeah, so, you know, like I said, uh, some of them, are, some of our runners are still planning to do a virtual version of whatever their goal distance was on the race day and just do it on their own and have that, that feels good to them. Some runners have said, all right, you know what, let's pull back. Let me have some good track workouts that I can go do that make me feel like I'm winning a little race every time I do one of those workouts. And uh, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, and it's mutually beneficial, like you said. Absolutely. And then we have some runners who, I mean, we have plenty of runners who are headed to Boston and like us are sort of like, well, I want to stop marathon training right now, but I don't want to lose all this fitness. I, I need to dial it back, but I'm not quite sure how to do that. And then when do I ramp back up? So we have quite a few runners that we're working with them to do that, to do just that, taking the fitness they have, dialing it back, sort of suspending that fitness, um, reducing the mileage, redu significantly reducing the intensity of the workouts, but at the same time, keeping keeping some fun workouts in there so it's not monotonous um and then we'll work together to build back up that base um later on so i think even just having a coach to sort of make sure that no one is overtraining, uh running themselves into the ground um we want we want to make sure that everyone is taken care of and and does this as um wisely as possible while nurturing their bodies and making sure that they really capitalize on their training gains without doing without jeopardizing um their health and potentially getting injured none of us can keep training at the level that we have been if we're targeting if we were targeting boston none of us can keep training at that level indefinitely or hope to bridge it through when we'd start up again in june or july without risking that overtraining or injury so if that's where people are right now, where they've decided, like, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm going to pull it back, or I'm, I'm obviously not going to be running a spring marathon, then it's, it's time to figure out how do we pull this back while still, like you said, feeling that sense of, of purpose and like you have some direction. It's just a different direction at that point. Totally. So, I mean, for me personally, what I have done this week is as soon as I learned that Boston was canceled, um, I mean, we knew, it, we knew it was coming. Um, it just, I just dialed it back completely. So what I've been doing this week is every other day, I run about six miles. And then last weekend I ran dis socially distantly ran. Um, I think it, we ran 12 miles. It felt really good to just be out running casually 
And that's what feels good to me right now. Maybe um, in a few weeks, I might um, do a little more, a little less. I just, I don't know what my life's going to look like week to week, but right now that's what feels good to me. And then on the other days I do some type of, um, I either cycle or I just walk and I'm doing my strength training at home. So that's what I'm doing. How about you? Yeah, they're very, very similar. I, I don't have a, you know, a, a stationary bike indoors, believe it or not, which as much as I teach, uh, I, I don't have one. So, but I've been getting out to ride with my kids as much as I can. And, and with, uh, with my kids, especially with my son, it's, it's not actually an easy ride. It's not an easy workout for me. So I also have to keep an eye on how the intensity of that. Um, but that's exactly what I've been doing. I, I need to personally get better at doing some strength at home. So that's my goal for this coming week is to take advantage of these videos that our friends are putting together for us and even just with my kids or myself at some point make sure that I'm doing that because I have totally slacked off on any strength but earlier you know, previous to all of this when my kids would be in cycle for their training with their coach indoors I would take that time to do strength and that was my set aside time and now that they don't have that and that we don't I don't have access to a gym I haven't been as focused so that's my focus this in the next week as things start to settle in a little bit is to try to get in more strength. I will say the one thing I feel really good about is I'm getting a lot of sleep. So uh, that's, that's one, one area that I feel like we have a good opportunity to, to focus on now that our, you know, we're not commuting and our kids aren't waking up super early to go to school and we're not, uh, you know, I'm personally not teaching 5.30 a.m. cycle classes. I can actually get a little bit more sleep and that's felt really good to me. That's a really important point, Lisa, because um, all the things we're doing, sort of the, in, the inadvertent consequence of not being able to go anywhere and getting more sleep, um, having to sort of slow our roll, not doing as intense running workouts, not running as long mileage, guess what all of that's doing? That's helping us to um, not lower our immune system during yeah. a very vulnerable time. Now, while we're not exactly boosting our immune system because we can't, you can't like boost it from doing all this stuff, you can suppress it. So we're sort of inadvertently protecting ourselves by living this lifestyle right now. Yeah, absolutely. So now, now more than our bodies, we've talked a lot about our bodies, but our minds, that's the other really important part of this puzzle of how we're um, coping mentally. And, and today's guest is going to guide us through that. Yes, um, we are so fortunate that Carrie Jackson Cheadle um, was willing on a very short notice. She lives out in San Francisco and um, she was happy to come on our podcast. She, uh, Carrie is, of course, the co-author to the book Rebound. And we had her co-author, Cindy Kuzma, on our podcast about six weeks ago. And um, Carrie is a mental performance coach and she is fantastic and we talked a lot about running but we talked just as much about how to cope with this new abnormal in life and we really hope that um, anyone listening benefits from her words we know that we certainly did when we spoke to her yeah i got off the phone feeling much more uh having much more direction of how to how to make sure to, i'm taking care of myself and that that mental that mental aspect side and um, quelling some of the anxiety and the loss of control that we've had. So I think she's wonderful. She has a great perspective. And coincidentally, she is in San Francisco right now where they are sort of on lockdown or um, 
home quarantine, I guess, so to speak. They, they can still run, she assured us, but, uh, but she is in even sort of the next step of where a lot of us may be headed, which poses a lot more uh, mental and physical stress. So uh, I thought it was helpful to hear from, from her and her perspective. Yes. And lastly, we circulated some guidelines for social distance running. So um, we've shared those on all of our social media platforms. But for anyone who hasn't seen that, just a couple of guidelines. Um, run six feet apart. And if that's not something that you're able to do, just just run alone and, and, and put in a good podcast with some um, bone conduction headphones um, or one ear, but yeah, run aware still run aware yeah, when safe. run aware and carry Purell with you because you don't think about it. But like when you touch a stoplight or, and then you touch, you turn on and off your Garmin and then you touch your face. So just carry turn that your phone, touch your phone. Yeah. yeah. So just have that with you. And um, sounds goofy, but try to really be mindful of um, just pay attention in terms of, uh, don't trip, don't fall, like don't end up unnecessarily having to get medical treatment right now. So just yeah. take care of yourself with your runs and, and, and just go easy on yourself. So and we should also mention we are planning to launch every uh, spring. We do typically a speed and strength program on the track. And obviously this year that is likely not going to be an option. So we have decided to do a virtual program starting April 1st. So folks should watch out for that. Anyone in the country can do it. That's the beauty of a virtual program. And it will have structured workouts. Uh, we'll have support. We'll have uh, our experts that usually come talk to our groups. We're gonna have them talk to the group virtually and just some guidance and accountability. And we'll have, we'll start it off like we do our typical programs with a two mile time trial and we'll finish it with a one or two mile, depending on what you're running right now, but a time trial to start, a time trial to finish so you can measure your progress. So anyone who's interested to keep an eye out on our Facebook page for and in our social media and website for announcements of that to be launched shortly. And in the meantime, you can get in some of the, the runs that are on the schedules we circulated. You can start doing some of the strength training on the videos that we're, that we're circulating and, and get yourself ready for, to start that program. And we're always available for virtual coaching all the time. So if anyone's interested in signing up for that to kind of reconfigure your training program, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at Julie and Lisa at runfarthernfaster.com. So Lisa, I look forward to doing with you, this with you um, for the coming weeks. It's, it's definitely going to be a highlight of my week to connect with you in this way and with our listeners. And um, I hope you have a great week. You too, Julie. Bye. Bye. To help us work through some of the mental strategies we can be using now during this difficult and unprecedented time, we are excited to welcome to the podcast, Carrie Cheadle. Carrie is a certified mental performance consultant through the Association for Applied Sport Psychology and also co-author of the book, Rebound, Train Your Mind to Bounce Back Stronger from Sports Injuries. Carrie has worked with athletes of all ages and at every level, from recreational athletes to elite and professional athletes competing at national and international levels. She has her master's degree in sports psychology from the John F. Kennedy University. We are so happy that Carrie has given us some time today to talk to us about the mental skills that we can use to stay strong. Carrie Jackson Cheadle, welcome to the Run Farther and Faster podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. 
Well, Carrie, when we originally reached out to you, first of all, we should um, preface this that you are a um, mental skills consultant, correct? Is that what, do we get that right? Yes, yes. Certified mental skills consultant and, and also co-author of the book Rebound with Cindy Kuzma, who we've spoken to before. And when we originally reached out to you, we did so because, um, you know, we have, as because we're a Boston Marathon podcast and we've been talking about getting ready for the Boston Marathon. Obviously, a lot of people kind of thrown off their games by the uh, postponement of the Boston Marathon and all of a sudden everyone's training was sort of, you know, thrown off, off the rails as well. And we originally reached out to you because we wanted to get some guidance from you for our runners, not only training for Boston, but any of the spring races that are now all canceled of how yeah. to um, move forward and how to look at this with a positive mental attitude and how to make the most out of out of this opportunity to now kind of refocus, reset, refocus. Um, we've now kind of moved into, I think, another another stage of this um, pandemic <laughs> and more general, more general anxiety. So let, let's start though and kind of talk to our runners who have now had their spring and maybe summer and, and we don't know and that's part of it is the uncertainty. We don't even know when races will start again. What what can we as coaches tell our runners um, with respect to their running, uh, their their expectations, their disappointment, what what can we tell them to keep them in a positive mindset over the next few months? Yeah, a part of it is just uh, you know kind of recognizing that they whatever they're feeling is okay, right? Like if they're stoked that they have more time, maybe they weren't feeling totally prepared for that race that was coming up, and they're like, oh thank God, and that's okay. Or if they're super bummed because they were like. I felt amazing. I knew that this, I was going to do incredible. I was really set to hit a PR and they're super bummed about missing out that, um, you know, that whatever they're feeling is okay. And that right now life has thrown everybody a big, um, unexpected obstacle and that there's other things that are more important right now. And that this isn't the first time or the, well, for a lot of them, that this is something like, you know, an unexpected obstacle has taken them off of their regular training path. And it's not the last time that it's going to happen. So one of the, you know, best things I think you can do as a coach is helping them figure out just, I mean, it's just like if they were injured and there's so many things you're focused on where, that you can't do when you are injured. Um, so, you know, helping them in that, in a similar way of like, so there are things right now that you can't do, but what can you do? And, and what are the areas of your performance that this might um, be an opportunity to work on and helping them identify that and helping them adjust their training plans accordingly as well. Right. And running and luckily right now, at least for us, and, and are you, are you, you are actually in San Francisco where you are on lockdown. Are you allowed to run outside there? Yes. So that is one of the, we are allowed to get um, outside is one of the acceptable. Yes. Yeah, so I did go for a run yesterday and it oh, felt good. amazing. <laughs> so we can have a little bit of assurance that for now, at least running outside is one of the things we can do. Yes, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. And should do really, because it, I, especially if you're already runners or it's really interesting because I'm outside all the time. I'm always walking. I'm always outside. I tell you, I've seen more people outside in my neighborhood yeah. yesterday than I have in the last year that I've moved to this new place. <laughs> so everybody's getting outside. So I, but it, I mean, I think it's really important, especially for all of you runners out there that, um, one of the beautiful things about that is that it will provide a little bit of normalcy too, in all of this uncertainty. So being able, you know, the fact that you can still do that, um, you know, make sure that you are still doing that for yourself. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I had the same. I was just telling Julie the same thing. I saw a lot of my neighbors and friends out in the neighborhood who've never run before and actually admittedly hate running. And they were out running the other day because <laughs> it's really the only thing they could do. But it's been nice to see that. I, for me, that's been a silver lining is to actually reconnect with people and see people outside, even if it's waving from six feet away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Carrie, back to your original suggestion. I think that's very powerful where um, we're in a situation where we feel like there's a lot of things that obviously are limiting our, our life our, and, and things as simple as limiting our movement and our interactions. And taking stock in what we can do in terms of our running um, is exactly what you and Cindy talk about in your book, Rebound taking uh, challenges and turning them into opportunities. So give us some ideas of what you mean by that specifically for our listeners who are sitting there saying, great, I have no race on the horizon and I'm just supposed to run, but I don't feel like I have any purpose. Can you give a couple of examples of what you mean by those statements that you said earlier? Yeah. So yeah, one of the things we talk about in the book is obstacles to opportunities. So, you know, when you're injured, um, it's a pretty significant obstacle that takes you away from your ability to run or train or do whatever your sport is. And same with what's happening now um, is that, you know, it, especially if you're, you know, everybody's being cautious and not, um, you know, a lot of the gyms are closed. Uh, if some of us are on a shelter in place order. So, uh, you know, the obstacle to opportunity means um, you, how can we t look at this time more as a gift uh, and see the ways that we can use it instead of fighting against it. So what happens sometimes when you have something unexpected happen that really shakes your regular routine that's out of your control is sometimes there's a tendency to want to fight against it um, and not, and, and the quicker you can accept that the change the quicker you can get to actually using it as an opportunity. And so for some people, that opportunity might not be necessarily sport related. It might be, um, I'm spending more time with my kids, like let's play some board games. Or it might be, you know, I had a client yesterday that was like, um, you know, I meet with my clients over Zoom and so I'm looking behind her and the wall looks different. And she's like, yes, I finally hung up all the pictures that were in a box for three months because <laughs> she just moved. <laughs> so like, and I'm, I don't know if you guys saw Amelia Boone posted like how many email lists she finally unsubscribed from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like there's different ways to use it as, as an opportunity as well. Um, in addition to thinking about, well, you know what? I kind of have been wanting to start up a yoga routine. There's no reason I can't do that right now. There's, you know, so to really think about that acceptance piece. And one thing that helps me, I have my own sort of personal equanimity mantra that helps me through thing, like when something, when life throws you a big obstacle um, and it's that things aren't happening to many, things aren't happening to me, things are just happening. So we sort of depersonalize it a little bit to get to that place of, of acceptance more quickly. Because when we personalize it, um, that's when we fight against it. And it does feel unfair. Like, you know, so anyone out there that's struggling with um, an event that was canceled or, or some of you, if you have any maybe college runners out there and, and maybe they were, you know, or, or other athletes whose season was ended abruptly, it's okay to be upset about that. Like, so that's something to take into consideration too, is, you know, while there's so much uncertainty and unrest around us, making sure you recognize that we are under more stress than normal. Um, and I think it's important to, to understand that um, and understand 
that that also means it's really important to think about your mental health in addition to your physical health. Cause a lot of the things that we're hearing right now have to do with making sure you stay healthy physically. Um, and of course my primary concern has been, how is everybody doing emotionally with all of this, you know, yeah. and just making sure you're, you're doing that as well. And that whatever you're feeling is okay. Like if you're, you can still feel excited about something um, you know, like I'm in the injured athletes club, we have winning Wednesday where people get to share their small wins and like, whatever that is, even though things are uncertain and people are, you know, going through some pretty big things right now, it's still okay to be excited about something. And it's also okay to be super bummed about something, even though there's something bigger going on as well. So, you know, I have some people saying, oh, they're feeling like I shouldn't be this upset. It's not a big deal. It's just a race. Other people are going through so much more, but it wasn't Wait, I want to, I want to go back yeah. one second. So hold that thought. I just want to say yeah. one thing. Thank you so much for saying that because nobody should feel bad about their personal pain. Oh. It, and, and, and that no one should feel guilty because maybe their disappointment doesn't measure to someone else's. It's their own disappointment. Own it and be sad. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's true. I'm glad you reinforced that because it really is okay. And, and, uh, and that happens with my injured athletes too. A lot of people feel guilty for feeling upset. Like, you know, they, they, they feel guilty because they know other people have it so much worse, but that doesn't mean yet yeah, th that those can both be true at the same time. It can be true that yes, somebody else is going through something much bigger than what you're going through at this moment. And yes, I am super bummed that I am missing out on my race or whatever you're bummed about. Like it's a, or you're feeling nervous about what's happening in the world right now. Like it's okay to have both of both of those things can be true. Okay. So what tips, what tips do you have for our listeners? Um, when they feel moments of, of weakness, I don't, I don't know what the word is vulnerability, vulnerability, we weakness isn't the right answer. Vulnerability where they just suddenly have that sense of overwhelming gloom and doom because of everything surrounding them. Give us some tips for our runners, our listeners, and, and that they can pass on even to their friends and family on how to, how to get out of that space. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when you're feeling that deep kind of overwhelm or even panic. I know a lot of people are feeling a lot of anxiety right now and anxiety is a little bit higher than normal. I think the first thing to know is like when you're in panic mode, you're not going to make rational decisions, but our, our desire is to try and feel like we're, we have some sense of control. That's our way of oftentimes trying to deal with anxiety. So that's why you see things like people are standing in line five hours for a toilet paper because it feels <laughs> like this is something I can do, right? It feels like you're taking action, which means it feels like you are taking control. But when we're doing that from a place of panic, it's not necessarily the decisions that we're making aren't rational. So bringing yourself back to that place um, is really, really important in order to then move forward to a place of, okay, what can I do to help ease some of the overwhelm that I'm feeling right now? Um, so one thing is to, you know, one of the things, if any of you guys are writers out there or you enjoy journaling, 
um, I am a very big proponent of writing because it's a really powerful way to process. So even if you've never journaled before, I know some people bristle at the, even the word journal. So don't think of it as journaling. I'm giving you a homework assignment to write something <laughs> like, so, you know, just grab a piece of paper. And if you really are feeling overwhelmed, write it out. And then uh, you don't have to do anything with that piece of paper. Just, you could throw it away or shred it. I like to shred mine in a shredder to like, pretend like I'm letting something go, um, <laughs> uh, you know, so, but it's a good way to get to get things out and let them go. And you don't have to ever look at it again. It's the, uh, what helps you process is the actual act of writing it out. I actually so, told my kids to do that too. I told them to do that as part of their, they actually have online school and they have some extra things to do. And I told them that one of the things they could do would, would be write every day, just journal it. And then even in like 20 years, when they look back, they could save it and look back and see like what they went through at this time. And, you know, it's yeah. an interesting experience, but I also thought it would help them just process and their response was, I'm going to say the same thing every day. I woke up, I went to school, I, <laughs> my schedule, their school, I have a schedule set up. Well, I'm going to say every day I woke up and 10 o'clock, I started my schoolwork and at 12 o'clock I had lunch. And I said, no, not just your schedule, but what's going on in your right. life and how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, because it is, I mean, it is interesting to think like people are, this is going to be something that people are going to study in history at some point, the pandemic that, you know, um, in the, in the time that we were put in shelter in place um, on St. Patrick's Day of 2020, like yeah. people are going to, so it is interesting to kind of, to think about it that way. And if people, if anybody out there struggles with this, like, ah, I don't know, set a timer. And there's something about setting a timer that really helps. Like, okay, I can just write for 10 minutes and that's all I have to write. And then, and then you're good. And don't worry about what you're writing. Don't censor yourself, but it's a really good way to kind of work through that. And then just thinking about being really proactive about other types of stress management and um, and things that balance out the central nervous system, because when you're in overwhelm and there's a lot of unsettledness in the environment around you, your central nervous system is, is being taxed, um, high, like higher than normal. So, you know, getting your exercise in, um, doing things like making a point to get out in nature is another one that we find, um, can, uh, combat the stress response from research. Also listening to music, um, doing art. Uh, so thinking about ways that you can take care of yourself in a proactive way because you are definitively under more stress. Um, some people might not be, you know, and to, and to recognize that too, like some people are going to be fine with working from home and making that adjustment. Other people um, are going to have a really hard time with that, you know, so just knowing no matter what you're going through, it's just an unsettling time. And also because things are changing very quickly. So to just recognize you might need a little more, um, grace with yourself at this time and self care while this is all going on. I, I think that's a great point. I've been seeing, um, a lot of, of, of parents with, with all good intentions posting, um, uh, photos of their schedules for their kids and all, all of the things that they're doing. Um, to, to maintain some sort of routine at home for their children. And then yesterday I saw a post by um, an author who said, hey, give yourself some grace, parents. You don't have to have a schedule. Just make sure your kids are uh, mentally well and healthy and fed and do what you need to do to, to take care of your family right now. And um, I, I appreciated that. And, and I think that goes back to grace. Give yourself some grace do what you can do to handle your particular situation right now. And don't worry so much about what you're supposed to do. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're Gary, good enough. What would, you, what would you say about um, like the news and social media and how that plays in? I mean, at this point, because we can't be social face to face or in groups right now, a lot of people I think turn to social media, which is great because we're staying in touch. But I also feel like there's some level of looking through, like Julie just mentioned, seeing things and um, and also just the news, always you know feeling that almost anxiety of information overload. How do you how do you yeah. balance that, and how does that come into play with our mental health? Yeah, that's a great question. I was just thinking about that. I think it's really critical during this time to take breaks from the media. So what happens too is the other thing you can do if you're concerned about it and you want to be updated on things that are changing, pick one media, so, you know, news media outlet that you trust and just go there for your information um, and maybe have certain times where you scroll through the, you know, your, your news feed because the headlines, you know, it's important for us to recognize that the way that headlines are written are to evoke an immediate response so that you click on them. Mm -hmm. And when you're just scrolling through and, and constantly being, having that um, stress response triggered because of these headlines, it is that can contribute to your overwhelm in a way that is not necessary. So it's really important to, to, you know, take a four hour break. If you feel like I can't go a whole day, like I need to know what's going on. You can, you can absolutely take a four hour break from any kind of media input because it's very, very overwhelming. So it's really, uh, and now on the other hand, one of the really interesting things is if you are under shelter in place, it is a way to be able to feel like you're connecting, but really think about, am I connecting or am I just sort of obsessively looking through because it's another way for us to feel like we're doing something that we're taking action. And then on top of that, I mean, there's this whole dopamine release that happens when you're doing it. So, I mean, it's a really pretty complicated um, thing that's happening when you're doing that and what it's doing to your brain and why we keep doing it. But you, there are going to be moments where it's going to be important to just like set the phone down, put, close the laptop, like give yourself something else to do. Go read a book, go watch a movie, go play with your kids, have a dance party. I'm very big on the dance parties right now. Um, so we'll just put on a song and dance for two minutes to move our bodies and, um, and get out of our heads. So I, it's really, it, so if you do feel like you need to connect though, because you're, you know, social distancing and not seeing your friends and family as much as you normally would, this is a great time to utilize some of the technology to be able to see each other. So FaceTime, Zoom, have a coffee date with one of your friends and talk about what's going on because that's another way to alleviate some of the overwhelm too is to be able to talk about how you're feeling with someone um, and see a friend um, or a family member, you know, so and doing it in a way where it's set up as an actual in time to engage with that person. So, Hey, we're going to go for, um, you know, let's do, have a coffee date or let's do a happy hour or whatever it is, but you schedule that time with someone and then chat with them over zoom or chat with them over FaceTime and actually see each other. I think, um, a lot of the kids are doing a really nice job of that. I think they've embraced that, um, even better than the adults. They're making plans, doing zoom calls and making a point to make appointments to see each other, the, the, the teens. And I feel like, um, that they're almost leaning into this better than, um, the adults who are so worried about, you know, keeping on the schedule and, and worrying about making sure things get done and what's going to happen with school. And, I love your suggestion about making making it more official with respect to using the technology so it feels more like a real plan versus sort of a casual phone call. 
Exactly. So um, we're going to touch a little bit on running because this is a running podcast. And um, we are right now seeing a lot. We, we weren't sure sort of how this was going to play out. Last week, our podcast was focused on um, our runners' disappointment about race cancellations. And, and as Lisa mentioned up, up front, this has now developed into something much bigger. But at the same time, um, we, we want to make sure that everyone is optimistic and knowing we will have our races back. Mm-hmm. So while you mentioned before about um, using this as an opportunity to work on other things in your running, what do you feel, um, how do you feel most people would benefit from having either a coach if it's a sport or if it's not a sport, but it's, it's something you're doing in terms of education where your education is stalled? What, what do you feel is the most beneficial way to utilize a coach or in your case, a mental performance coach um, during this time of uncertainty? Yeah, I think, you know, one way is to work together with your coach to figure out how can we adjust my training plan or do we need to adjust it right now? Um, Knowing that we don't know when the race season is going to start up again. Um, And so giving yourself something like making sure that you adjust your goal accordingly. If you're thinking about sport specific challenges with that. And it's one of the things I'll do with my injured athletes as well is it's really important to deliberately do that. Um, because then it's, it helps you with the acceptance piece. So when you don't deliberately shift your goal of like, okay, so I was working towards this race. Um, and now that's not something I'm going to be able to do. So what is, how do I need to adjust my goal? Um, so that you're not sort of continuing to gauge your feelings of success based on that original goal. Because right now, if that goal is not realistic, you're going to continue to feel like you've failed in some way. And it's not necessarily a conscious process. It's just like, because that goal is still in the background, you're still thinking about, you know, you're still gauging how you feel in this moment based on what the original expectation was. So making sure you work with your athletes on adjusting that goal. Um, and, and, and that would go, you know, that would be the same with professors and, and instructors as well with their students that, um, you know, sometimes for some people, they're doing online learning for the very first time. For some people, it's not going to be a big deal. There's not really a shift. They're already doing online learning. Um, but for others, it's going <laughs> to, there's going to be a learning curve. And so being patient with yourself, with the learning curve, with that, um, with that piece, but adjusting your goals, um, is, is a really important thing to do for yourself during this time in a conscious way. Like, okay, so I can't do that. So what, what do I want to work on now? Do I want to work on form? Do I want to work on strengthening my core? What, you know, what can I work on during this time to make sure that I stay, that I'm not totally detrained um, and that I use this as an opportunity or use it as maintenance. And that's okay too. Recognizing that you're under more stress. And I, I will say, um, especially if you're feeling high overwhelm and high stress, one of the things that we know is that that um, can be a contributor to getting injured. Um, so that's one of the, some of the research shows us that when you are experiencing high life stress, you're more likely to get injured. So really making sure you recognize that and maybe this is a time to go into maintenance and and that that's okay too. If you're feeling super stressed, anytime I am, like anytime I have a lot of life stress going on, I back off on my workouts and my training, whatever it is, because I, because I know this information to be true. And so I do it as a way of um, preventing injury. 
That's a great point. That's and then that's something we see a lot with our runners is they end up tend to, um, if not even if not getting injured, they're just their performance suffers when they have a lot of stress in their lives and that is not even related to running. So, um, where running can be a stress release, and also, like you said, you have to be careful um, of that balance. So, um, so we appreciate that, and I think that's something very important for people to to consider as well. And it's okay to go out for an easy run. You know, maybe you're not doing workouts, but if the easy run helps relieve your stress and also keeps you less likely to become injured, um, then then that's probably the better, or, and maybe you make your goal. My goal is just to run for stress relief, relief and yes. you know, maybe that's, it's not anything related to performance. So um, that's a, a good, a, a very good point. So if you could leave our listeners with one final piece of, of advice, what, what would that be moving into the next several weeks that are still very uncertain? I think it would be um, to feel your feelings. I'm a very big proponent of allowing yourself to feel your feelings uh, because that is what allows you to then get to a place of acceptance and looking at what's and being able to focus on what's in your control. So, um, you know, when, especially when so many things feel like they're out of your control and there's um, it's very unsettling uh, also reminding yourself that it, it's not going to last forever, that you will get through this um, and that we all sort of need to do this uh, for the um, for the purpose of staying physically healthy and trying to flatten the curve as quickly as possible, so that we're not prolonging this process, but that it will it will come to an end. Like at some point, it will be a memory instead of something that you're navigating right now. So, um, one of the things I'll talk about in Rebound is is the acronym Go Far, which is Feel, Accept, Recover. So you have to feel your feelings before you get to a place of acceptance, so that then you can recover, which means now I'm focusing on what's in my control and where can I, how can I use this as an opportunity? That's great. Love it. Carrie, thank you so much. I think um, so many of our listeners will benefit from your wisdom and advice and we are so grateful for your time and we wish you nothing but health and all the best as you and all of us navigate this new abnormal for the next few weeks, months. Carrie, yeah. can you let, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you guys can find me on my website, www.carriecheadle.com or on the Injured Athletes Club website, which is www.injuredathletesclub.com. And both of those places, you can connect with all of the different social media. Um, and I've put out a couple other videos on, on this topic right now, kind of helping people navigate all of the craziness that's happening in the world. And, um, and I just want to say your listeners are so lucky to have you guys um, thinking about this aspect of their lives right now. So it's really great that you're caring for them in that way. Thanks, Carrie. Be well. You too. Thank Bye. you.